Sometimes the truth is scarier than fiction. This is pub time. After hours. It has been entirely way too long since we've talked about a little murder here in the pub. I'm Ryan, and this is Pub Time After Hours. Recently, I've been doing a lot of reading. My reading may differ from some people's. I enjoy all things dark, evil, scary. I mean, that is what gets my attention. And nonfiction. It has to be based in some sort of truth. My favorite author, Troy Taylor, I was reading a book the other day that him and Rene Cruz had put out. It's called Fear the Reaper, America's Rural Mysteries, Hauntings, and Horrors. And I came across a story that I found, it's fascinating. It's dark. It's disgusting. This guy's a piece of shit. If you were around for the face of the death, you understand that That's what we need sometimes. Boring serial killers are no good for anyone. The story is about the Northwood murderer. It is a common misconception that serial murder is a relatively recent phenomenon that began roughly around the time of the sensational Jack the Ripper slayings in London's impoverished Whitechapel district in 1888 or with the murders of H.H. Holmes in 1890s in America. But this couldn't be further from the truth. Historical evidence makes it depressingly clear that humans have been butchering one another since the days when our ancient ancestors dined on each other's brains and collected human body parts as hunting trophies. That our species has always indulged in barbaric behavior is made clear in everything from the Greek myths, like the story of Aterius, who slaughtered his brother's sons and cooked them in a pie, to fairy tales like Little Red Riding Hood, which to many historians reflects the atrocities of real-life lycanthropes like Peter Strube, a lust killer who attacked and killed more than a dozen children, ripping them to pieces like a wolf. Many years before Jack the Ripper embarked on his bloody spree in London, a sexual murderer that was every bit as monstrous as the terrible British fiend was at large in America. Precisely why he has been largely forgotten over the years, while less terrifying killers have achieved mythic status, remains a mystery. According to his confession, he killed just as many as the Ripper, and his savagery was no less extreme. In fact, the nature of his crimes was even more shocking because he preyed primarily on children. His name was Franklin Evans. And in the eyes of his contemporaries, He was the most monstrous and inhuman criminal of modern times, or indeed of any time. On Monday, June 12, 1865, 15-year-old Isabella Joyce and her 12-year-old brother John, children of a recently widowed seamstress who lived in Lynn, Massachusetts, went to visit their grandmother in Roxbury, a neighborhood of Boston. At around 11 a.m., they asked for permission to go and explore a nearby wooded area called Mays Woods which was popular locally as a picnic spot and recreation ground. After some initial reluctance, her grandmother agreed to let them go. She packed them a lunch, gave them 10 cents each for trolley fare, 
and told them to return no later than 2 p.m. She never saw them alive again. When the children did not return, their grandmother became frantic. For the next five days, search parties scoured the forest outside town. It wasn't until Sunday, June 18th, however, that two men, John Sautel and J.F. Jameson, while hiking in nearby Busey Woods, not Mays Woods, where the children said they had planned to go, stumbled across the remains of the two missing children. From the scene, it seemed clear that Isabella and her brother had been playing contently in the woods, creating little hillocks of moss and fashioning wreaths out of oak leaves and twigs when they were unexpectedly attacked. The assailant, which the newspapers called a fiend in human shape, attacked the girl first, cutting her savagely with a knife, tearing off her undergarments and raping her. The coroner found 27 stab wounds in her torso and another 16 in her neck. The ground around her body was saturated with blood. She had apparently put up a desperate fight, grabbing the long blade of the knife and trying to wrest it from the attacker's hands. The index finger of her right hand was completely severed, and the rest of her fingers were mangled, bloody and hanging loosely by bits of skin. Her clothing was soaked in her blood and clumps of grass and dirt had been roughly shoved in her mouth to try to stifle her cries. Apparently, poor John had stood paralyzed in a few moments in terror, watching the attack on his sister. When he finally turned to run, it was too late. He was found lying down in the dirt, possibly having tripped over a tree root when he was attempting to escape. The killer had pounced on the boy's back and stabbed him half a dozen times. The wounds were so deep that in several instances, the blade had gone all the way through the young boy's body and pierced the ground beneath him. There were two houses within a hundred yards of the murder scene, but the occupants were so used to hearing shouts, laughter, and yells from the nearby picnic area, as the newspapers noted, they would not have paid any attention, even if they had heard screams on this occasion. The horrific savagery of the Joyce murders provoked a tremendous response throughout the state. From church pulpits, ministers pointed to the murders as a sign that the country was descending into a deplorable state of vice, immortality, and crime. Rewards totaling more than $4,500 were offered by local residents, while an enormous manhunt was started for the inhumane wretch that was responsible for the outrage. Newspapers issued confident predictions that the perpetrator would be speedily arrested and subjected to vengeance. But even though a number of likely suspects were interrogated in the wake of the murders, no arrest was made. A break in the case seemed to finally be imminent in March 1866 when an inmate at Charles State Prison, a small-time crook who went by the name Scratch Gravel, told a cellmate that he had done the job in Roxbury. In the end, though, Scratch Gravel turned out to be nothing but a braggart had not been in Massachusetts at the time of the murders. As months and then years passed with no arrests in the case, it seemed that the murder of the Joyce children, which newspapers called one of the most horrible and revolting crimes which had ever occurred in New England, would remain forever unsolved. It's kind of a dick move, I know, but you want to hear the rest? You have to wait around until next week just to find out that truth sometimes is scarier than fiction.